Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. Here we go. Hi, it's Melinda from Hope When There Was None. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I am joined, oh my goodness, I am still getting goosebumps by your book, Danielle Grassi. I hope I said yes. that right. <laughs> yes, you did. No, thank you so much. Thank you, thank I, you, thank you. And I've got to tell a quick story here on how I found her. I was looking for a dear friend. I hadn't seen her in a while. <laughs> I began to work on my friend's page and vice versa and saw that she wrote a book and me being as nosy as I was wanted to find out more about the book. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love with her book. I downloaded it and I was crying, ugly crying. I'm, I kid you not. And it's about grief and the story of loss from her mom. And I should have brought tissues, but she just shares this amazing journey with us, with me. And I felt that it was a very intimate journey and thank you for taking me along with that. I honestly felt like I was right next to you just through the whole thing, through your mom's, I don't want to give it away. So I'm going to let you talk here. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you, Melinda, just for having me on, for creating this platform for everyone here. Um, yes. So it is a book about grief, but um, it's even more than that. It's a book about loving yourself in the process of grief, transforming grief into love and knowing who you are after grief. There's, you know, you hear about 12 steps, you hear about, you know, the transition or just trying to take away grief, but no one really puts themselves in a position who you are after the grief is transformed. And this book starts to talk, it's, it's the starting point of the conversation to talk about what who are we after grief? Who are we now? Like we're in grief now just with COVID going on and mm -hmm. grief of loss of loss of job, loss of income, loss of going outside and feeling safe. And there's a lot of loss. And um, so there, and thus there's a lot of grief that's going on at the same time. And, and this book talks about that as well. Yes, it does. And my friend here, Hannah Lee, she's dealt with some grief herself. Hannah. For, yes, she's an amazing survivor uh, and just sharing her oh. own story too. But I know she'll get a lot out of what you have to say today. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, yes. Hannah Lee, for joining us. Yes, Miss Joe. Yes, yeah, so I'll share the comments that, that do come on in for us, Perfect. for you, maybe questions as we go Perfect. along. So, so go ahead. So how, how did Thank you finally you. decide that I needed to write this as a story? What point did it come to like someone will benefit? So my, my mom passed, I'll actually give you the logical date and then I'll like, I'll, I'll back it up as well. Um, into the spiritual, but my mom passed 27, March 15, 2017. And then I started writing this February, 2018. And I just got so many in the spiritual world downloads, like so many things coming to me of like just what my grief meant to me. And I was just trying to heal myself at that time. I hired an amazing coach, Johanna Gardner. And um, 
just trying to transform this grief. And uh, there's one day where I was like just laying in bed in the first like two, three paragraphs, I think it, they were the first two, three paragraphs. I think they're now on page two, just kind of came to me. And I'm like, who this could actually be something. And at first we were talking about this, Melinda, it was kind of out of ego. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll write this and be this amazing person, whatever. And you know what? The universe owes me, damn it. Like the universe <laughs> owes me because I, I lost the best thing that could ever like happen to me. My mom, I lost my mom. And for any child or mom thinking of how their kid is going to go through a death and then like that be it, you can't see the other person anymore. It's, it's, it's extremely challenging. Um, I, I never knew that there was that much. Um, I, I didn't know I could feel that bad. I didn't know that existed, um, which it, it's hard. But like I mentioned, it was out of ego at first and then it became sadness. And then it became a healing journey where I, I was healing with the people. Like as I'm, as I'm writing it, I'm healing and I could feel that other people at the same time healing too even though it wasn't finished there is no time right um and just feeling through that this could actually be a powerful thing a powerful tool because you have the, the grief and then I'm, I'm assuming that this was like a second grief then from the sounds of it while you're writing this Oh yeah, second, third, fourth, fifth, <laughs> it just goes on and on because there's so many layers to grief. And um, I feel like Eva, I've even had friends who ask me, they're like, well, it's been a few months, it's been a year, it's been two years, do you think you're done? You can never be done with grief. I know, that's another thing I would love to talk to, talk uh, on, like talk here about is that there's sometimes those second or third like knife in your back feelings that people around you will say and you have to go okay well they actually don't they don't know how this feels so I'm not going to blame them they don't really know um but sorry remind me again what the question is because I was on a roll and then I totally <laughs> forgot <laughs> you are my soul sister <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> I, I do have Joe is making a comment. She said, my four kids all showed their grief in different ways after their dad had died. Mm, yes, there are so many different ways. Um, whew, I can only speak to my own way, but um, I can only imagine. And especially with the age, right? That was Joe who commented at the, yeah. the age too of, of what stage the child is at while the grief is, is happening and what milestones they're hitting. The, my sister died in 1975 and I still feel grief. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So oh, it's oh, not well, lost, but right, it can right. be transformed. And just like you were mentioned, that's somehow what other people say kind of felt like, Hey, you should be over this by now. It's been six you months or a year. Over this and that's not the case. That's not the case. You, you are never over it, but it, it is a beautiful reminder that it can be transformed. I think of grief as a consciousness and almost like fear sadness happiness it's it's almost it's, it's a consciousness that comes over you and knowing that there is an actual bridge that allows you to be another self and transform grief is that silver lining oh that's good 
That is really good. It is a bridge. It is a, it's a, wow. it's an odd bridge. And there is no time on the bridge. But there is love on the other side of the bridge. You make me cry. <laughs> that is really good. That is really good. And I've been blessed, honestly. I, my mom's still around, and um, yeah. my dad's still around. So I'm, I'm blessed. I just still have both of my parents. But you know, the loss of like an uncle or aunt or even a best friend that was close to me is still yeah. That's still really rough. That really is. That is now, it, with your story, you go on from when you were just a wee bit of a thing, and the relationship with your dad was. Ooh, yeah. kind of like, ooh, I just kind of wanted to go and shake him. So can you take us through your book a little bit? Sure, sure. Um, so I start off uh, in fifth grade and it really shows spotlight to how my mom and I were. We were like Gilmore Girls. We were a tag team. We were like peanut butter and jelly. I don't know how to describe it, but we always had boundaries. She was always the mom. I was always the daughter. And she built this so much confidence in me that teachers didn't see, society didn't see at that time, but she could see it. And that was my source of power was her. My source of power was my mom. And um, as I'm growing up and getting that confidence and you know, I'm meeting my husband, um, I have a really strange relationship where, with my dad where I feel neglected in a sense of that uh, my parents got divorced and he never kind of, he never fulfilled the shoes of what I expected from a dad. And um, my mom passes, I'm going through this book so quickly. My mom passes and it's not an easy pass. She passes of cancer five months after I find out that she has cancer and everything's really quick. I have to sell, she had rental property, I had to sell two rental houses in Texas while I'm living in Maryland, trying to start a life. I'm just starting to like be an adult. I'm 25 mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh my God, I just like going to work is hard. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I don't know how, like I'm gonna like grasp all of this um, and I just take it one step at a time. And uh, once my mom passes, that's where the real growth be, like begins. That's where I'm finding who I am without my mom, without that source that I started in the very beginning of the book. Once that source of love left, I have to, I have to somehow fill the source of love here inside. And this book speaks to that. And it speaks to, I don't want to give too much away, but it speaks to how I see my dad before the growth and after the growth and where I'm actually the judger and not the victim. And I think that's huge. Yes, that was, um, that was very big. <laughs> I never tried to want to give anything away. But <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, and you're right, you and your mom were like a small girl gang. I mean, you guys were amazing. Yes. Yeah, and I love was, the group of ladies it, she had supporting her oh, too. The suspects. Oh my God, I want the one like that. Yes. Yes, they're still around. They uh <laughs> awesome. I still talk to them time to time. Oh. 
I love those girls. It was, it was, and what we're, what we're, let me clarify the suspects. It was a stupid, silly name that my mom's friends gave to themselves. But that was the one opportunity where my mom felt love in a reciprocal way. She hadn't felt that love from an adult or adults before. And I think that was her, her time to, to shine and be loved and feel loved through that group of women. Yeah, it sounds like she let yeah. down her hair and yes, it really does. And I think we all need a sisterhood like that. Yeah. They sound amazing. Yes. Yes, they do. Yes, they, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're a bunch of fun. They're so fun. I, one of them is like 65 years old. She can easily like outrun me. I don't, I don't know how she gets so much energy. She, <laughs> oh, so much energy. I love it. Oh, well, I'm not trying to make fun of grief or anything. Again, this is, if you're just popping in, no. you know, this is about her book. And it's really amazing, amazing parts of her book. And, you know, you just said it. You, you talked about your growth, about how you changed. And I know we chatted a little bit about you reading. Could you read? like a big moment for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So this moment I'm about to read is a moment where I first knew I had to love myself in order to transform grief for me. Um, and setting the scene, I was really mad. <laughs> I was really mad. And I, um, I couldn't sleep. I got out of bed. It was like 1 a.m. I got in my car and I just started driving very uh, uh oh I lost you are you there oh there, there you are <laughs> yeah there you are oh, I can no, hear you I can't now hear you oh no well oh, no. just just keep talking we can hear you um, do you want me to keep going even though I can't hear you do you want me to just read Okay. Okay. So I'm setting the scene where I, I drive, I get in my car, start driving and I drive like a maniac. I'm so mad. I'm so filled with anger. I'm really upset that my mom not just died, but felt that I felt that she left me. She left me in this world where I didn't have another Gilmore girl type. She was my, she was my everything and she left me. And this is a part where I knew how to, love myself in order to, to transform my grief. The faster I drove, the more neutral and numb I felt, and it seemed to deflect my anger. I drove even faster until I saw a 16-point buck clear on my path. I swerved, leaving skid marks on the road, and I barely missed hitting the deer. I no longer felt anger but stupid for being so reckless. I sat in my car facing the wrong side of the road and stared up at the sky without any emotion. I wasn't looking for anything in particular except for the vastness of what I found. The sky was clear and still. It was cold, but I found it refreshing. The question I had been asking myself re-entered my mind as a thought that was given to me. How will I love myself? The question had a lonesome, bitter taste. My ego kicked in and quickly responded, I wouldn't need to love myself if my mom were alive and my dad did a better job at being a dad. How will I love myself? The question came ringing back again. 
I didn't know how to answer that. It's not something you're taught at school. You just do. What is love? What is the true basis of love? I had a mom who loved me for 25 years and a boyfriend whom I was hoping to marry in the new future, but I couldn't define what love was for me. Then it dawned on me, the way I love is through appreciation. I appreciated mom for being a great person, my confidant. I appreciated her for standing up for herself and knowing how to be so strong. She was so independent. She didn't need anyone or anything in order to be successful. I admired that. I appreciated Matt for his silliness, for being himself. He never drifted away from his own opinions in order to please others. He was 100% genuine. I appreciated myself for my willingness to go deeper in love for myself. I appreciated my own strength in helping mom through her transition. I didn't know what else to say. I felt like I was only scratching the surface to feel my own love for myself. It felt so silly that I had to practice this love to begin with. I was taught growing up that I am love and that I come from love. Why was it so difficult to feel love if I am love? Ooh. Thank you. I still can't hear you. I'm so sorry. I'm oh, wondering no. if I just un I know. How about now? Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. I can hear you, but yeah, okay. that's fine. If you have to take those off, that's fine. Can you hear me still? Okay, great, great. Yes. yes. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah, you came through just fine. You, you did. You came through just fine. So if somebody's out there right now and they're going through that grief stage, maybe just happened or maybe it's a few years back, what words of advice can you give to them if they're struggling right now? They're struggling right now. Right. Be as patient as yourself. Allow the struggle mm -hmm. to it, and don't run away from the struggle. Actually, lean into the struggle. There are a lot of times that I was sub subconsciously running away from myself and from my struggle in order to be strong because society teaches you to be strong. Okay, I need to flip that right now. But the feeling only wants to be seen. It only wants to be heard. And once it's hurt, it actually, in a way, transforms. It might not disappear all the way. Sometimes it will take a little practice. But leaning into into the grief as much as possible, it actually mends itself in a weird way. And you mentioned you had a coach. And it sounds like she, she sounds like she was a fireball. <laughs> it really does. Partner. She's absolutely amazing. Um, she <clears throat> led me to discover a lot of things about myself. Um, and in particular, I remember one session that she she wanted me to to see that I was just mad at my mom for dying. And I did not want to feel that. Again, I was deflecting the grief. Um, I didn't want to feel that I was mad at her because it's sad. Why would I want to be mad at someone who's already passed? And maybe this won't help everyone, but in my case, it, it really helps knowing that someone oh is okay. 
my feelings are justified and I was mad with her leaving. It's a big shock. And once I felt that anger, a little bit of my grief transformed. There's a lot of aspects of grief and that was one of them for me. There was, oh my gosh, so many. There were some where I didn't feel confident or I felt back where I was that fifth grader in, in Mrs. Voss's class being yelled at. Um, and I still feel that on time to time again, like through even now. Um, and I have to really choose in every moment, every now moment that I'm on my own path and I have the right not to be, I, I could be the loving, beautiful child, but I don't have to have the scars of that child. I have transformed so many times and I can actually now be in where I don't have to walk other. I can be in that love and love for myself and have the power to say no and to say what I want now, even without my mom. powerful that is powerful wow the the whole journey and thank you for taking us on that journey Mm -hmm. with you i do have a a question let me look at this the heart let me go ahead and Mm -hmm. throw this on here the hardest griefs i've had to deal with is two murders and quite quite a few people who committed suicide Mm -hmm. and Um, I actually have, I know someone who, who has an experience with not only grieving someone who's passed, but grieving a murder or grieving suicide, that's its own grief. So dividing that, those layers into grieving someone passed and then grieving the murder because there's a lot there's a lot going there or grieving the suicide of the action of murder action of suicide versus grieving that person counterpart it so it's easier to digest hmm. oh, wow. even though it's not easy i know i'm speaking to this in a very logical way it's it isn't easy and it is something that having compassion for yourself in every now moment, even if you only brush your teeth in that day, even if you only like went to get coffee and that was it, that's good enough. That's good enough. But being, thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying also, that. Also, I mean, we spoke about this a little bit before going online. Are you asking Thank you. So you asked me a question where we went on live. Um, that dog, the idea of they're still here with us. I deeply, deeply feel my mom is still here with us. And she can lead and help me better now that she's in this after world. Because I now have the chance to stand up and be myself. I don't think I would be my this version of me if she didn't pass, I don't think I would have allowed it. It was only from the darkness that I could see the light. It was only from the darkness that I could actually see. I get that. And I feel I like that, all dark, all light snapped from dark. I'm sorry. 
Oh, no, no, I get that. You blipped out just a little bit. No, I get that. And it's amazing how we can take those experiences that we that are really nasty and dark and so sad. And yet you have such a light about you. And now you're sharing that you've come to share that with other people so they can experience the healing that is so needed, especially after something like this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Uh, and so what about, and I think we touched on this briefly a little bit, those people that might be those naysayers, hey, get over it, get done, just, just to just say, kind of blow them off. Listen to your innards. As, what I'm sorry, you give to those can you say the like, question again? Oh, sure. So what advice could you give to somebody that it has maybe their tribe is not very supportive and they're constantly or saying, hey, you need to get over this. It's over. It's in the past. Do you have any words of wisdom you can share with yeah. somebody? And that's happening more and more. Oh, no. Absolutely. And that's happening more and more just by how we are now um, and going through such a divide with COVID and how to interact with each other during uh, absolutely. Always listen to your insights. Your insights always direct, right? And it's that power. There's sometimes where I'm like, oh, I don't really feel that much power for myself today. What should I do? And I usually, this helps so much when I just put my hand right above my heart. I can actually feel that deeper sense of myself. And I go, wow, just sitting in the seat of self and being able to relax right into that power wow, I don't need anyone else's permission at this moment. This is my moment. This is my journey. This is my love for myself. How beautiful it is just to sit here and to just, everyone can have their own opinion, right? My sister, right. brother, uncle, Joe, uncle, whoever, grandma, grandpa, husband, they have their own opinion. And that's what makes this world so beautiful, right? Because they can have theirs, but I can have mine. I can have <laughs> oh, Now, that you can remember when the tears stopped? Yeah. You know, was there ever a point in time I would, where... I would go through these. Um, okay? Yeah, I would go through these. Uh, I call them emotional contractions. <laughs> like grief contractions where all of a sudden I would just get all oh, this whole, whole like intense feeling and just start crying and just, oh my God, it felt like it was that night again, mom passed and like all of it coming back. And I have to just remind myself, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe. It's coming back, it's going to, and it only lasts like 15 minutes. It would be random bursts of grief. They would last 15, 15, 20 minutes. And I just, okay, okay, let's just ride this ride, ride the ride. Um, I was doing so much work on myself um, and really exploring so much of the depths of my own tears that I would say, and it still happens from time to time now, but I would say a good year and a half. But every, again, everyone else's journey is different. Um, and 
everyone might experience it in a different way. But anytime I'm bad, I would look at it through curious eyes and say, okay, why, why, why did this trigger me? Or why am I triggered right now? What are my surroundings? And it was usually something that happened to myself before the age of eight or maybe a little after that might have something to do with my dad or my, and my mom wasn't there to protect me. Thus, I felt like I lost my power and got a trigger of she's dead, dead again. Okay, this trigger is happening. She's dead. I've, I'm having that reminder. She's not here. Um, and once I had that awareness, I go, okay, perfect. We know, we know this is just the physicality that's coming up and it's that smaller, younger version of me. And let's work through that version now. But through our curiosity, let's let's dive even deeper because we know that the spiritual the spiritual um, connection is always there. There, I can always call upon my mom, but it's the physicality that now I sometimes do, especially around the holidays. Right, the holidays just passed, and um, I go, "Am I upset because my mom passed?" Or am I upset because we're not doing the physical, the meals anymore, the music? Like, she's not there for that. Once I divide the physical from the spiritual and go, okay, it's just the physical. But I'm always here with my mom. I can, I feel her once I call in and get into that higher state of consciousness. I feel her. But it's that physical. Okay, now that I know it's the physical, why don't we do something in her honor? Why don't we... You know, make a pie or why do you think time where she can actually still experience in the spiritual. She can actually still be there with me, but I'm the one doing it. Oh, I love that. That is a great, that's great. So, it's a great way to, to, to do that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I know there's some people that handle their grief differently, of course. They would rather not have a reminder of that pie or that song or something. It's a beautiful way. Yes. Hold on, I've got okay, a question. Thank you. Oh, and, okay, and I make sure I give myself. Oh, I didn't hear the rest I of that. Sure I make give myself compassion as much as I can. <laughs> Especially <laughs> around the times where I know that, like, past March 15th, I, I don't do anything that day. If I get out of day, if I get out of bed, it's a good day. Like. I, I make sure I'm not hard on myself during the times where I knew my body could remember certain days or times. Because the body always remembers, whether that's a physical ailment or something else. I know that March 15th, I take that day off. I know through the holidays, I give myself as much time and peace as I can. Um, and certain times around where it was extremely difficult for me, I kind of just sit back and go, you know, this really doesn't have to get done right now. It doesn't get done maybe in an hour or maybe tomorrow. It doesn't need to get done right now. Right now, my body needs me, my soul needs me, and I can go back and see the self. And I can do whatever I need to do in 30 minutes, 10 minutes. I need me time in this, in this two seconds. And it usually evolves around grief. Um, and I, I make sure I myself as much as it is easy it's, and it never easy. um but knowing that she is always with me makes it so much easier 
And if you can't feel the loved ones near you. <clears throat> so Joe has a question about they're always, that too. They're always here. Um, yeah. How do you know your mom is still with you? I feel her. I feel her so deeply. I Sometimes I call, oh, Joe, this might be amazing. Um, are you able to start a connection with someone that has at a certain time during each day? It makes it easier. And I've, I've heard this trick maybe like six months ago, and it does help where if it's at morning at 9 a.m. or maybe in the afternoon, evening at a certain time, where you just have five minutes and you go, okay, hey mom, hey dad, hey sister, brother, I wanna connect with you. And you might not hear anything for a little while, but sit in that kind of meditative spot every, every day at that specific time and call on them and you'll start feeling something. You'll start feeling it and it will become a ritual that really helps i've heard that before i have i've, I've heard We're getting that like the little yeah yeah um or getting like little symbols i don't know have i i always i and i asked my mom this like we knew that she was passing and like needed to talk about her death as much as possible Oh, you already do that. Awesome. And can you, Joe, can you, have you felt anything from that? I wonder, Joe, if you felt anything from just sitting in that silence and getting into that state. Um, or symbols too, right? After sense sends me yellow things. Oh, my <laughs> great aunt sends me straight cats. <laughs> So what is your sign? And she says, like, um, hmm, spinning dimes. And I was like, like the coin, like a dime. And I was like, oh, okay. So when, when I see dimes, I've never seen them. When I see <laughs> dimes, I'm like, oh, I really feel like my mom is here. And I, I feel like usually those times I'm like with a really good friend or like I'm with a female group. She always comes when I'm like a lot of female energy comes through. Um, and that is that, but that's awesome, Joe. That's awesome. That let's, I love the stray cats. <laughs> I'm wondering if there is a story there. I, I know there has to be. And then where here's Michelle. Where do you see God and in grief? Oh, what a that's great neat. question. Where that's do you see God and in grief? That's really can you just just for my own enjoyment can you kind of specify like in what aspect or are you just talking in general in general oh that's such a good question where do you see god's hand in grief to show us the question. love that we have for ourselves and show us that we were never really needed the attachment to that person in the first place to show us that it, it is really just a, an illusion that we are separated it's such an illusion because they are here right here right now with us. We just have to tune in and it's a different language. It's such a different language. Like getting into that soft spot, tuning in. 
feel overwhelmed by so much love and to show ourselves that we never really needed to be attached to them in the first place. And I know that's like really hard. Um, and it took me a while to say that. We never needed to be attached because we, we are God. We are, you know what I mean? We are everything. We are everything here. We never needed to be attached to them or anything that we're grieving. There's a story, Joe. Jo <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Oh yeah, I, I want to hear the story. <laughs> oh, we have oh somebody goodness. else. Okay, here's Miss Shelley. In heaven, there is no time, so we're already yeah. with them. I agree, 100%. I agree. Mm -hmm. It's always the now moment. Always mm -hmm. that now moment. And that's, I think that's, it shows us that we're actually spiritual. Like, there is more. There's more to life than just death and dying but to grow, I, I feel my mom is growing with me in the spiritual as much as growing in grief and love with myself in the physical. And I feel like we're mirroring each other through that process. Mm. <clears throat> oh, your mom sounds like she was amazing. She really does. Mm. Just just reading. And I do love that you guys were like the Gilmores and you, but you, you had though that those boundaries. You know, I know that's lacking in some relationships that I, I have people that I know where they don't have those and mom is just the best friend. And it's like, no, 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 no. So I, I do. I love that. I really do. Boy, let's see. That. Oh, Miss <laughs> Joe, <laughs> I moved from Australia to America. <laughs> I moved from Australia to America. I thought I could feel my granddad here, but wanted proof. About a week later, Jim, hubby, complained about all the straight cats around the house. When I was a kid and visited the farm my aunt lived on, I would catch barn kittens and tame them. She told people about it and made it sound like I was a lion tamer. <laughs> cute. Oh, that's, that's so cute. Oh. Oh. That one, of my, sweet. one of my greatest um, memories, though, I got to travel with my mom in Australia. I was I was studying abroad and my mom came and I just, those were some of my greatest memories. Australia is such a beautiful place, beautiful place. And I love that you guys traveled together the way you did. Thank you. That sounds like it would have been a lot of fun. That really yeah. does. Yes. Yeah, I'm travel buddy. <laughs> my mom was my travel buddy. It was so nice. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. I don't see any more questions mm -hmm. coming on. And oh. I really, wait, there's <laughs> a second. Oh, Miss <laughs> Joe. Oh, I've always wanted to go to Adelaide. I went to the tourist places, Sydney, Melbourne. Oh, I love Adelaide. Well, I, I've never been there, but I've met a few people from Adelaide where just oh, 
is wonderful. Maybe someday. Oh. <laughs> all right, we are going to wrap it up. Thank you all so much yes. for tuning in. And of course, send this woman a friend request. She's amazing. She is such a beam of light. And uh, if you want to know more, her website's down here. And you can find her on Instagram. And uh, any more questions again, if that's okay, if they direct them to you, if that's all right. I guess that's about it. Well, thank you please, all again for joining. Please, please. I would love that. What an honor. Thank you so much for the love and everything you did this conversation, Melinda. Thank you. You are most welcome. You are most welcome. And thank you all again for tuning in. And we will talk to you later. Stay safe. Melinda, Melinda Wilson, tuning out. Bye.